Welcome. My name's Randy. I'm the senior pastor here, and I'm so glad you're here with us. Um, before the foundations of the earth, God knew uh, the weather today. He knew every person who'd be here. One of, one of my favorite verses uh, from the Old Testament, Proverbs 16:9. it says, The mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. The mind of man had a lot of plans for this morning. And uh, the Lord directed our steps in many different directions. So we were going to have a baptism, and then we had no baptizees, and then we got some baptizees. And I really have no control at this point over... over do I ever? Good point. <laughs> Thank you, Marsha. Over what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But, um, but what I'd like to do is take just a few minutes and talk about baptism. Uh, Glory Matthews is going to be baptized this morning. We're so excited about that. And, and we, will give her, we will give her a minute or two to talk in just a little bit, and then uh, her dad, Eddie, will get to baptize her. But um, I just thought it's important as we gather as the, the family of believers and, and some of us seekers just looking for God that we understand what the significance of baptism is. Clearly, it's not the beauty of the Rubbermaid tub, <laughs> the trough, that makes baptism significant. So, but, but baptism is very significant. Baptism is what we call in the church a means of grace. Baptism is a way that God conveys the grace of God to his people. Baptism in and of itself, uh, glory getting in the water and going down, that's not going to save her soul. That's an act. That's a sign. It's a symbol. And so the, the act of baptism is an outward expression of an inward reality. Glory's given her life to Jesus. Jesus has given his life for glory and for every single believer in him. And so when we go down into the water of baptism, we are owning that salvation. We are claiming that. We are identifying ourselves with the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And so Paul will talk about how we've been baptized into Jesus' death and that we've been raised to new life with his resurrection. So this baptism, though it's not a saving act, it's a significant, powerful, grace-filled event where God stamps a seal once and for all on the person who's placed their faith in Jesus. God's big enough to deal with that after a baptism, if you were baptized as a child or way before. It's not the act that saves you. It's the Savior that saves you. And so this, uh, this is a wonderful um, opportunity for us all who have put our faith in Jesus and who have been baptized into his death and raised to new life to remember what it is that's happened for us. Because Jesus came to this earth and lived a perfect life unlike us and died a death that he didn't deserve and was raised again on the third day by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's conquered death. And so everyone who puts their faith in Jesus is, has got their faith in the, in the death-conquering God. And the scripture promises that when we do that, the power of that Holy Spirit comes into our lives. We're made new creatures. And so that's what we're signifying. That's what we're celebrating today with glory. And um, just because, as Marsha was so kind to point out, I don't ever have control um, if there are any of you here, even now, um, you have given your life to Christ, but you have never followed him in baptism. 
I'd just like to, to put, drop this into your mind. If you'd like to be baptized today, we can make that happen. So as Glory's being baptized, you can think about that. If that's something that you think, you know, not just another, I love Jesus, let's have a spiritual experience. But I realize I've put my faith in Jesus, or I want to right now for the first time, and I've never followed him in baptism. I've never gone through this outward means of this inward reality. Then I would ask you in just the couple, next couple of minutes, Debbie Collenbeck, Debbie, can you stand up? Debbie will be standing in the back. And if you'd like to talk to her about, gee, I just don't know, should I be baptized or not? Um, we're just going to be family today and see what God wants to do. So, um, okay. You want to, Gloria, you want to come up? And your parents are probably afraid without you, so bring them with you. This is Glory. She's, she's eight, and she's um, made a decision to follow Jesus a couple years ago, but all week she's been talking about wanting to get baptized, and we said, well, do you really, do you, are you sure you want to go? There's a blizzard, and we don't know if we're going to have church, and she said she wanted to do it today. So I, we weren't going to put that off. So, Glory, do you want to tell everybody why you want to be baptized? Um, God's done a lot of good things to me, and I just want to be baptized for him. Okay, go ahead and get in the water. Facing this way, because all the people want to take pictures. Yeah. Okay. You want to make sure you have enough room. Turn that way. There you go. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Glory, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to repeat after me if you believe it, okay? All right. You say, I, Glory, put my faith in Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. Okay, amen. You can baptize her. Woohoo! <laughs> okay. Put your towel on. Okay, stay standing. Can we pray for her real fast? Okay. Yeah. Why don't you stand up? Let's pray. Glory, you've been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And we now ask for the seal of that Holy Spirit upon you. Holy Spirit, come and fill this, your daughter. Fill her with the, the love and the peace of God, the righteousness of Jesus. And we ask for the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifest in her. More than they've ever been seen before. Fill her with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Lord, we thank you for this sister of ours. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can be seated. Okay. So anybody, as uh, you watch that, anybody have a sense of this is a day? I, I'm going to give you more time. We've got about another 30 minutes in the service. So Debbie will be back there if you want to talk to, talk to her. Okay. <clears throat> How fun is this? Okay. Um, got a, a couple things that I want to talk about this morning. Um, mainly I want to talk about the prayer room. But uh, 
You know, as things were coming apart this morning in my own ordered schedule, um, the Lord gave me a verse. He often does this. He speaks through uh, Bible verses, some that I know and some that I don't. And um, the first one that he gave me was 1 Corinthians 14:26, which says essentially, you know, when you gather as the group of believers, everybody comes with a hymn or a song or a revelation or a spiritual song. But whatever it is that you do, it's, it's to build up the body of Christ. So I had a feeling that there might be some encouraging words here today. Um, some revelation, maybe a song, maybe a tongue. We're open to all of that. So I'm going to speak for a couple of minutes, but then near the end of the service, we're just going to see what else God might want to say. It might be a prophetic utterance. It might be a specific word for a person. And we'll just test that as the Holy Spirit's present. Um, and then the, the other verse, because I wasn't so sure if that verse was right, you know, how this, kind of the Gideon thing. Okay, but this time. Um, and the verse that popped into my head was, uh, boy, I hope I get it right now, was Luke 12:22. Anybody know that one off the top of your head? That's not your standard, you know, Bible memory verse. Um, I think that's what it was. Anyway, I opened up to what I heard the Lord say, and it, and, and it was that passage where Jesus is saying, don't give any thought for your life. Basically, don't be anxious. So I thought, okay, God, <laughs> you got this one. You know who will be here today, and you know what they need to hear, and you know what you want to do in them. So um, let's pray. God, thank you uh, so much for your love for us. I thank you that we can walk in this morning as the family of God. And whether we've been here at this church for two or three decades, or we walked in for the first time this morning, because of Jesus, we're brothers and sisters. And so we thank you for letting us be family, for loving one, uh, that we can love one another, that we can speak the truth to one another in love that we can take risk and be bold. And we can receive forgiveness and we can walk in faith. So Lord Jesus, lead us. Amen. Okay. So the uh, first thing that I want to do is I just kind of want to make an extended announcement about the prayer room. So today's March the 2nd. Today is the first day of our 24-7 prayer room. Begins at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Barry and Trish. Stand up, Barry. Clap for Barry. <clears throat> Sit down, Barry. Okay. <laughs> Barry and Trish, our family pastors, they will be the first into the prayer room. So at one o'clock this afternoon, after the second service, we're going to gather in a big, uh, well, we call it a fire tunnel. Okay, we're going to gather in a big tunnel here and we're going to pray them into the prayer room at one o'clock. So you've, if you've got guts and desire, come on back at one and we'll pray them in. Um, on the, uh, just outside of that wall, there is a huge, uh, wall sign up. There are about 1200 hours of prayer represented there. My guess is about a quarter of them are already taken. And so what we're encouraging you and any people that you want to bring with you to do in the next 50 days is to sign up for an hour or two or three or 10 or days of prayer. We're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be praying in that prayer room back there 24-7 for the next 50 days. So that means every single hour of every single day until Easter morning, we will be, someone will be back in that prayer room encountering the King of all kings, encountering Jesus himself. 
and praying for the extension of the king's kingdom wherever we go, inside our own lives and outside wherever the, the Lord leads us. Because where we go, if we belong to Jesus, the kingdom goes with us. We, we take the kingdom every place we go. So I want to invite you into that um, very specifically to take time for yourselves even if it's one hour in the next 50 days, if you've never done it before, I, I'm imploring you. There's a good biblical term. Imploring you. Take an hour to be with God. Take multiple hours to be with God. Sign up out there. Um, <clears throat> I kind of went through the spiel last week about how you do that. I won't go through the, the funny slides today. But you'll see very clear out there on the board how to sign up uh, for an individual prayer time of your own. Now, Something a little different this year is uh, I think it's kind of a corporate call upon us to uh, combine intercession, that's prayer, with worship. And so this year we, have, uh, we are providing a lot of corporate prayer and worship times. Um, so specifically, if you look on the board out there, you'll see there are times that are outlined in blue and orange. Maybe it's not orange. I'm colorblind. I would have no idea. They tell me it's orange. It looks orange to me, okay? Blue and some color, right? Orange, good. I got it right. Uh, if you see any of the times on the prayer sign-up in blue or orange, that means everyone is welcome. That means that someone will be leading worship in here, and there will be a very specific uh, uh, um, opportunity to come and to worship or pray corporately. You won't, you won't, be, um, um, you won't be made to pray in any special way. But uh, that just means the place is open. So three specific times I want to make you aware of. So you can just log this in your brain and uh, pull out your phones and iPads if you want to. Um, the first one is this. At 6 a.m., beginning tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., so just for the fun, so I know you're awake, say, tomorrow, 6 a.m., will be the first day of 50 days of worshiping God for who he is. That is the names of God. And so uh, one of our worshipers here, uh, Lynn Power, just a beautiful worship leader, um, and another great man of God, who happens to be my son, Johnny Gooder, are going to be together every single morning for the next 50 days, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. in this sanctuary. Lynn will be playing by keyboard. Um, we'll have an open time of prayer you can engage God. You can read the scriptures. Lynn will be sort of praying, worshiping, singing through specific names of God. And on your way out, I'd encourage you to get a purple sheet so you'll know every single day the name of God that we're going to be uh, pressing into that day. 6 a.m., when God wakes you up tomorrow at 5.30, you know why, Okay. Um, 50 days of encountering God, 6 a.m. So incur that's, uh, that's the 50 names of God you see right there. So oh, good, circled events in orange and blue, great. Second is you'll see uh, circled in orange and blue, tend the fire. And tend the fire is our way of saying, you know, we're in the sanctuary of God and the fire of his presence is always here. And the incense of the saints you know, the prayers, the worship of the saints is, is always going up. So you'll see lots of sort of random times on that sign up where you can come and be in corporate worship and prayer. There are like Tuesdays, 10 in the morning. There are various days. I can't get them all in my brain. But you can go see and, and just come and be here in, in, in a corporate setting 
to be with the Lord. You want to do that in the middle of your work day. Um, I, I'd like to say to high schoolers, you know, skip out of school, but I won't do that. But come and be a part of that time to encounter God. And uh, then it says, I hope there in the bottom. That's the international, the Indianapolis House of Prayer and Evangelism. They're connected with IHOP out in Kansas City, the, the International House of Prayer. And this is just a group of, I don't know, 50, 60, 1,000 people who are absolutely on fire for day and night intercession before the Lord. And, and because I know these people, I can say, these are not just uh, your average come in and pray, God, you do it because I don't want to. These are, these are fiery people. These are people that are coming in and praying the scriptures that God inspired back to the Lord himself and asking the Lord to come and do what only he can do in them and through them. So uh, at the very least in March, every single Friday night from 7 till 10 will be one set. And from 10 at night, Friday night till 6 in the morning, the following Saturday morning, there will be a group of worshipers here all night. So Friday night into Saturday morning, every single Friday, Saturday through March, they'll be here. And you are welcome. I would love to see 300 people here every Friday night through the night. 50 churches. Why not? It's God. <laughs> um, so I encourage you to be a part of that um, in, in any way that you can. All right. Um, a couple other things that just to help you out. Um, we've got about uh, 75 of these. This is a little book, a devotional called Seeking God for the City. This is 40 days of prayer. So uh, be, this uh, specific tool begins on uh, this Lent, this Wednesday, March the 5th, and it goes through Palm Sunday. It's just a great um, sort of fodder for your prayer time. So I'd strongly encourage you, pick up one of these. I think we bought them for $2.40. We'll give them to you for $2. If you don't have $2, we'll give it to you. Don't worry about that. Also, um, Seeking God for the City is available in an app for your iPad or your iPhone. Cost costs 99 cents as an app. It is really cool. It will remind you, you know, you set the button, a hand will come out of your phone and smack you in the face. Serious. And tell you it's time to pray. Okay. Um, okay. F uh, final sort of encouragement on the prayer room. Um, this Wednesday, we will have a traditional Ash Wednesday service. So um, probably the most traditional thing that we do in the vineyard during, during the year so we'll do a very traditional sort of Anglican uh, Ash Wednesday service. And we'll be reading through scriptures about our own um, brokenness, about who we are as, you know, from dust we come to dust we will return. And we'll be entering into that time of Lent together as the people of God seeking for the power of God in our lives. So we would love to join you. That'll be a corporate time again, 7 o'clock this um, Wednesday. And that'll be about 30 or 40 minutes long. So um, for those of you who are helping put that together, anything that I missed there, anything? Oh, good. Jane, his wife, come on up. <laughs> okay, um, just to let you know, if it's confusing about the corporate times and when you're thinking and you're at home and you're like, gosh, I'd like to go, but was it today or was it tomorrow? So we're going to put it on the web. So um, on the church um, website, we're going to put all the times when the corporate times are. So if you're not sure, you can just go to the website. That's great. Okay. Okay. Um, let's uh, read Matthew 6, 
9 to 13. The main thing that I want to highlight uh, this morning is, um, is this cry for the kingdom. We've been in this series about the kingdom of God. We've been, and we're going into 50 days of encountering the king and, and asking God to extend his kingdom. And so uh, I want to read this morning the king's prayer. And I'm not going to go through a line-by-line um, delineation of the Lord's Prayer, but I want to I read it this morning just to remind us. You know, uh, I'm going to read from Matthew 6, but in Luke 11, the, the, the account in Luke 11, the disciples come to Jesus and they say, Lord, teach us to pray. I mean, they, they had been with Jesus for years, but still they feel like they, they didn't know how to pray. And so they, they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. What's interesting in that Luke account is that the very first thing that Jesus does is he says, this is how not to do it. <laughs> they say, Lord, teach us how to pray. And the first thing that Jesus says is, don't be like the hypocrites. You know, don't, don't be like the pagans who go out and think if they say a lot of words, you'll, you'll listen from heaven. But in fact, go into your closet and in the quiet recesses of your, of your own heart, encounter the king. And then Jesus goes on to say, this then is how you should pray. And this is the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. What happened? Can, can you go back to the other slide? Not, not possible? There you go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So for many of us, if you grew up in church, you grew up praying this prayer every Sunday. And maybe some of you praying this prayer every day of your lives in some way. I just want to focus, you know, on that one line where Jesus says, this then is how you should pray like this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For the next 50 days, that is, in essence, our prayer as a church. I mean, in 1,200 hours, we will pray all sorts of things. You look back in that prayer room, there, there's a map. You can pray for every country. You can pray for friends and relatives. You can pray for the government. You can pray for, you know, your family. You can pray for all sorts of things. But in essence, the core of our prayer for the next 50 days together will be this. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let the rule and the reign of Jesus come down upon us. And then he, he almost translates his own prayer. In other words, your will, Jesus, what you want, be done. And as if we're tempted to think, well, that will only happen in heaven. Jesus says, pray like this. Your kingdom come, your will be done right here on earth, just as it is in heaven. But that gives you a lot of uh, imagination for your prayer. If you think about those in your life that you're praying for, Lord, I want my spouse to come to know you. Well, in heaven, it's, Jesus is going to be very clear. Lord, I want my, my loved one to be healed. Well, in heaven, everyone's healed. Lord, I want reconciliation in my family. Well, in heaven, there's no such thing as conflict. Lord, I want the, the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy to come down upon this place where I work, 
this school that I, that I labor in, this neighborhood that I live in, well, there is nothing but righteousness, peace, and joy in heaven. So when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, we are not just praying for the future. We're not just asking God to wrap it all up in the end in a nice bow when we finally go to heaven. We're actually asking for the breakthrough of the kingdom in our lives. We're saying where there's disobedience in my life, Jesus, bring obedience. Where there's discord, bring unity. Where there's frustration, bring joy. Where there's, you know, uh, um, uh, impatience, bring forbearance. Where there's hatred, bring love. And that's what we're asking. And um, Jesus gave us this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because he wants to answer this prayer. And that's the astounding part to me. When we walk into the prayer room or we walk into our own place of prayer, wherever we are, and we say, God, let your kingdom come. He cannot wait to answer that prayer. He cannot wait. He's waiting for us to cry out. And that's what the next 50 days is about, is, is us crying out, asking God to bring his kingdom, asking God to release the rule and the reign of Jesus in and among us. So um, I'm wondering, uh, now that I've kind of given you the exhortation, are there questions about prayer? What have you wanted to ask about prayer that you have never had a chance to? I'd like to give you the freedom to do it now. Any questions? So what, what pops into your brain? Secret fears. Yes. When I really want something real bad and I don't know how to pray, I ask the Holy Spirit to present my prayer to Jesus so it will be prayed the way it should be. So what Marilyn's talking, you know, Romans 8, uh, Paul says that the Holy Spirit's been given to us so that we can pray when we don't know how to pray because he's interceding for us. He's praying for us. C.S. Lewis said that uh, the, the most effective prayer is the one in silence. It's the one where you have no words and you say, God, you know my heart. And that's what we do in the prayer room. That's why I can say when you go into the prayer room, if all you can do is say, God, I'm here and fall asleep in God's presence. That's prayer. Should I say that again? You're not sure that's right, right? Because you're thinking, but Jesus said, could you know, when the disciples fell asleep, could you not tarry with me one hour, right? But when we walk into the presence of God and we declare, I'm here for you, we have presented our bodies as a living sacrifice. We've presented ourselves to God. What God wants to do with that is up to God. The scriptures also say the Lord gives to his loved ones in their sleep. So if you go in and all you can do for one hour is fall asleep and wake up refreshed, you walk out of the prayer room and say, thank you, Jesus, for giving to your loved one in their sleep. Other questions, other comments, other things that are on your mind? We might as well learn here together. Anybody? Mary Lou. Good question. So when, when do we pray sort of extemporaneous prayers and when do we go back? Are you talking about the scripture specifically? 
Yeah, so when do we, how much do we pray from the scripture and how much do we pray from our own heart? I don't think you find any place in scripture that makes that clear. You, you've got beautiful prayers of the apostles um, all through the New Testament. You've got all these apostolic prayers. In fact, one of, the, um, one of the yellow sheets back there by the prayer room is a prayer from Colossians chapter 1. I preached about it last week. And you'll be able to just pray that biblical prayer as you pray people into the prayer room. But uh, 1 Samuel 17, remember David and Goliath? And David's being, you know, just about to be picked as the next king. And everyone is looking around and saying, you know, he's just a little tiny guy. And the promise of the scripture is that man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. So whether it's your prayers or scriptural prayers, if it's a heart that loves Jesus, asking the king to bring his kingdom, it's a prayer that he loves and honors. It's a great question. Forgive us our debts. What does it mean? So uh, some translations will say forgive us our trespasses. Some will just say forgive us our sins. So Jesus says a part of you coming to, to the Father in heaven is to ask him to forgive the sins that you've committed. To You know, you walk in cleansed of your sin. Jesus, you know, forgive my sins. I want to walk in holiness. He just adds a little addendum there. It says, as we forgive those who sin against us. And so maybe for some of us, our hour or two hours or three hours in prayer will be all confessing sin. That's okay. God loves it, wants to cleanse every single one of them. And for some of us, it'll be asking God for the strength and the grace to forgive those who have sinned against us because God makes that pretty clear. So now I wonder just before we close the service, are there specific things that you came with an encouragement from the Lord, a, a scripture Remember, I quoted 1 Corinthians 14, 26. When you gather, everyone comes with a hymn, a song, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. But we just do that for the edification of the body. So I wonder who came with something to give to strengthen us. Let me start right back here. I'm not going to stand, but (laughs) as we continue to surrender to God, the Holy Spirit will continue to come into us. And as we continue to surrender to God, he'll continue to show his spirit through us and show us more and more of himself. So the key is surrender. Surrender. Thanks, Marilyn. That's great. Mine is the song when my grandmother used to sing all the time that uh, we are soldiers in the army. And it's a song that she used to sing. And so that song gives me strength when I'm feeling down. And I know, Marilyn, she's a warrior. Um, When, Glory, when you were being baptized, um, I just asked the Lord for if he had a picture or a word for you. And I, um, I thought this this scroll kind of coming down from heaven and I think that might represent the Bible and so I think that um, he is going to be speaking to you through the Bible and he's going to um, help you understand what he's saying so <laughs> okay can I pray that for you right now okay so Lord I thank you so much Lord for what you're doing in Glory's life and ask Father that that you would just 
illuminate the scriptures for glory. Lord, help her to um, know your word and hide it in her heart and understand what you're saying to her every day. Um, we thank you for your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. What else? Yeah. I necessarily didn't, didn't come with this, but it, it just came to me about 35 years ago. Nancy and I were at a uh, week-long camping uh, worship thing or, you know, in Pennsylvania. And uh, one evening after worshiping and everything for the evening, it was like 10.30 or no, 9.30, quarter to 10, very dark at night. And I had to go to the restroom. Of course, the restroom was like 50 to 75 yards across the big field. And I didn't think about it, but after just being, you know, uplifted with the worship and, and leaving this area, there was a big spotlight up in the, uh, you know, a tower that lit the whole area. And as I walked toward the restroom, I noticed that uh, as I went farther and farther, there was a big shadow in front of me, darkness. And it was so, stood out so much that I actually turned around and I looked back and, I, you know, I saw the light back behind me. And uh, I had to go to the restroom, so I kept walking. <laughs> and, um, and I got, as I got closer, well, there was another light at the, at the other end. And I kind of came to a point where I was Pretty much in the middle and I thought well there's there's no shadow here anymore there's no shadow there I, you know I must be standing on the shadow the darkness and uh, so as I continued walking toward the the restroom as I got closer to the light I, I looked back again and sure enough there was that big dark shadow behind me as I was walking toward the light and it just, it touched me, and uh, it, it, you know, taught me, like, well, you know, there's times when, as we are walking away from the light of Jesus, there's times when I, you know, I thought, well, there's times when I should turn around and go back to the light. And there's other times when you have to go to the restroom, and you have to walk <laughs> into the darkness, you know. And, uh, but when you get there, there's the Lord waiting for you with another light, a guiding light. And, I, you know, I just, hopefully that touches somebody. That's great. Thanks, Ron. That's a great image. It's beautiful. Um, I've been praying a lot for our son that's getting ready to go off to college. And we um, are around a lot of other teenagers a lot of times. And I see kids that go off to school and they make different choices than maybe how they were raised. And we've been talking a lot about that. And um, we just ran into someone that has left his home at a young age because he had conflict with his parents. And I was asking our son, I was like, well, have you talked to him or have you prayed with him? And he's like, nah, he's all right. And so it's not a very in-depth time that I have on that. So I've been praying about it. And I know the things that I chose at that age, and I've been trying to just be very open with our children and having them understand that things that seem 
fun and better than what you have. That's all very um, enticing. And, and that's the way Satan wants it to be. And you may choose something different for a while. And it's almost like when you've left home, you think, well, I'm not going back. I can't go back. And I've chosen something that's dark. And Satan wants you to believe that. And that's a lie. But you can always turn around. You can always go back. And so I just think that somebody needed to hear that today, that you can always go back. That's beautiful, Tracy. Thanks. A couple things I've uh, recognized in the last uh, week or so is a distance between heaven and... I'm going to come up here. I'm hearing my voice. It's making me crazy. <laughs> that distance between uh, heaven and earth is, is like collapsing on itself. Um, I, I, used, I used to think of intercession or prayer as like digging a ditch. You know, you just get started and just keep slugging it away. And, and lately, it's like I just sit down to pray, and you get, and, and as soon as I like, sorry, get in the position, it's like I get this confirmation from the Holy Spirit. It's like it's done. It's like I haven't even asked yet. Yeah, I know it's done. Um, uh, what I'm aware of today is is there, there's like a uh, a spirit of revelation that's here, like an anointing. So. Maybe folks that have been in my classes or whatnot and thought, you oh, know, I love to, I love to do that prophecy thing. Um, I would say, come up here, and and just be available, you know, like after service and ministry time, because the faucet is on. <laughs> so, if <laughs> if your experiences haven't been very good, it's probably going to be good today. So, <laughs> um, so so I'm by two groups of people, you know, those that that feel like they, they want to reach. It is so easy to reach into heaven and grab that thing that somebody needs and give it to them. Um, this is a season where, where that's just really available. And for those that, you know, have a need, it's like, I need something. I don't even know what it is in some cases. Um, I invite you to come up and, and find somebody who will be willing to reach into heaven and grab what you need and, and release it to you. And we all need to practice that, both both those things. We both need to practice those. Lots of encouragement. Margaret? Hey. Um, well, I was just, I've been reading um, Mike Iaconelli's book. He's an old youth mystery guy. He's gone to be with Jesus now. My friend gave it to me. Anyways, he's all about being, um, What's the book called? Messy, Spiritua Messy, Messy Spirituality. And I was, as I read the book, I'm thinking, well, we kind of got this part, <laughs> the messy part. <laughs> and it made me happy because I've been in the I was thinking, this isn't really how church is. We don't, you know. And so that, made, that part made me happy that we've got the part, we really do come as you are and you are loved kind of thing. So I was, I've just been thinking about that a lot this week. And this morning when we decided kind of spontaneously to have our kid baptized and we weren't on the program and we didn't do the class um just like the membership class we never did <laughs> anyways i was just um just been thinking a lot about that freedom and that um we don't have to be perfect and that we can be here and not be perfect and be real 
in, but I know that as I, as I was reading that book, I was thinking, but some people don't know that. And so I know most of the people in this room because we're such an intimate group, but I know there could be somebody here that doesn't know that, that doesn't know that you don't have to be perfect to come to Jesus, that we don't have to have it all together, that our marriages don't have to be perfect, our kids don't have to be perfect, our, we don't have to look perfect, whatever. And, or maybe there's somebody that you know that just needs to hear that, you know, that it, you're, you don't get right and get fixed and then come to Jesus. So that's what's kind of on my heart this morning, that we can do it now. We can jump in. <laughs> okay, let's stand up. And um, if any people on the ministry team, you want to come forward or any of those that you felt Steve was talking to you just sort of ready to have the faucet go. And so come on forward and let me pray for us. God, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for planting these words and these pictures, these scriptures, these encouragements within us. Thank you for the courage and the faith shown to, um, to let them out. And we ask for um, the power of God to attend each of these words in and through our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love us as we are and that you love us too much to leave us as we are. So we ask, Lord God, let your kingdom come. Let the rule and the reign of Jesus come in our lives, in the lives of people around us. Let your will be done right here on earth as it is and certainly will be in heaven. And we ask, Jesus, that you do this for your glory. Amen. Amen. So if you'd like someone to pray for you, um, you're welcome to come forward. If you, if you just now are thinking, yes, I want to be baptized, we're going to do a baptism in 30 minutes at the next service, you're welcome to stay. Um, otherwise, I would encourage you to make a beeline to the prayer room sign-up where you can find your special time with God. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.